This is the UGA call-in show from UGASports.com. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Dane Young, in for Paul Meharry, which is kind of weird because he's also here. Um, so, Paul, I don't know how you want to explain that to the people that were expecting your voice first. Hey, well, uh, yeah, we're at the beach. We got in uh, We got in tonight. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to bring the laptop and everything with us. We had nine people traveling. So, didn't have enough room. And uh, Dane was so uh, gracious and got back from New York, decided to host it for us. Uh, so, we're, we're here. We're live. We've just got Dane's beautiful face with us as well. So, uh, we'll, we'll try to have as much fun as possible. I'm sitting <laughs> off of a phone. So, I mean, you know, my blemishes and things will probably show up a little, a little more. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll carry on from there. But Dane's got some great topics tonight. I mean, he's he's filling in great. Well, the last time I filled in for you, I learned about your, like, 930 frozen pizza thing. So, I'm assuming you have people at the grocery store buying your frozen pizzas at your concert, Yeah, we, right? we, we probably have some frozen pizzas. We went, we're at Fort Walton Beach. Uh, so, we went to uh, this place called Stubies, and it was a really good seafood uh, restaurant. We went there. Had Sponsor. Some Let's go. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, you already ate tonight? Uh, you're already, yeah, you're already dude. Yeah, oh, man, you're an old person now. Yeah, and we're an, now. and we're an hour behind. We're an hour behind. We ate dinner about six o'clock tonight. Yeah. Well, the man, whole game's it. here. We got Paul Meharry, we got Ben Bachman, we got Jason, but we all work for UGASports.com. We are the most popular Georgia Bulldogs YouTube channel in the interwebs. Make sure you subscribe to check out what we're doing in the channel. Uh, national champs, and, and we've taken over in terms of the coverage as well. Uh, postseason <laughs> baseball is what we want to talk about, not for Georgia because there's nothing to talk about other than, I guess, some more field renovations at Foley or whatever. Uh, but when the favorite gets kicked out of a playoff situation, really in any sport, it's kind of fun. Uh, but, Ben, you were saying earlier for Tennessee, it's a little extra sweet seeing the Volunteers, the undisputed favorite to win the College World Series, not even make it there. Well, they're the most, and I never just trash other fan bases on here, but they're the most obnoxious fan base. I know people call them hillbillies and stuff like that. I, I don't, I don't really know. I'm not from Tennessee country, but they're they're the worst fans. I don't feel an ounce of sympathy for them. I really don't. Um, when you're flipping off people, I mean, they say don't talk shit if you can't hit. Let, let's be real, and they couldn't hit. So. Uh, that, that's what was going on with them. Uh, I mean, you're looking at they're getting coaches kicked out because they're chest bumping umpires and they're having they're flipping off people as they're hitting home runs. Guys, you know, yelling at the umps because of strikes and whatnot, getting ejected players and coaches and their fans being obnoxious. They always throw stuff on the field. It doesn't matter the sport. So <laughs> I, I, mean, they, I think universally everyone wanted to see them lose. And it's just it, it feels great, honestly, to see them lose. I don't say this about other fan bases, but them that, you know, I, I don't feel an ounce of sympathy. So I'm, I'm very happy that they're out. And uh, thank you, Notre Dame. <laughs> that team was pretty good, though. I mean, 52 some, and 7. There, there's some sweet irony good. that Ole Miss barreled its way into the College World Series. Easy wins over Southern Miss. And if you remember, during the season, Lane Kiffin, when he threw out the first pitch, took the golf ball to the mound. He did, kind of yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a little bit of sweet irony, as you said. Uh, and uh, it, hillbilly is probably an accurate term. I can remember driving just when you drive through the state. If you're not in Nashville, it's not a it's not a place to be. There's really no <laughs> Nash. It's weird. It's Nashville. The rest of Tennessee. I've been to Memphis. I have nothing but uh, what's not hate, but not love. I, I, Memphis is not. I went for the Liberty Bowl. When, when Memphis barbecue is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's fine, but again, <laughs> the rest of the city is it's terrible. 
I mean, Memphis is terrible. Knoxville's terrible. The, the state is awful. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about Tennessee. But then there's Nashville. Nashville is the best city in the South. So take that for what it is. Uh, Chattanooga. Like, I want Georgia no, as a state no, uh, to make a trade to get the city of Chattanooga because I like Chattanooga. Chattanooga really? Yeah. Uh, I just have, I guess I, maybe I haven't spent enough time there. But it's revitalized anywhere. in the last few years. Okay. So if you're, if you're yeah, basing it off of yeah, that, I haven't been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Everywhere else I've been in Tennessee, I, I could do without in the great United States of America. So Nashville, Nashville is spectacular, though. One thing I thought of, though, like if you're a diehard Notre Dame baseball fan, which is already like a very small subset of people on this earth, right? That means that you're going to spend like three weeks, close to a month in Statesboro, Georgia, Knoxville, Tennessee, and now Omaha. Like, mm. what a great summer you had, folks. Yeah. I mean, but but at the same time, I mean, you're getting to watch a team kind of that you didn't think was going to get there. So, you know, if you're if you're big into that type of stuff, it, it, I guess it would kind of be like if if Georgia basketball made it and had to go to Statesboro and well, they wouldn't they wouldn't go there. But, you know, like Boise would be an option for yeah, Boise, or, 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 yeah. Washington. It'd be like, right, like, like that, yeah, Georgia fans would go there. But even like Dane, like Dane said, those cities are still uh, much, uh, much higher on the tier list than uh, the ones he just mentioned. Right. But moving forward, what else? What, what else? We, we're just crapping on Tennessee here because Ben wanted to get it out. He did. He, he, well, it was well like, I will praise like you, Paul. Out of him. You know, you know yeah. actually, I'll praise Dane because I know Dane likes the Braves. I'm not going to praise you. I'm never going to do that. That the, that the Braves won 11 in a row. So congratulations to Blaine and all um, – to Dane, sorry, and all the Braves fans, not, not you, Paul. Wow, thanks. I went to a Yankees game while I was in New York, and I was, like, mystified with how boring – Yankee Stadium is like I saw you tweet that I, I don't I, I've we never been after three innings because we were just like completely bored and, and I was like I think the Braves and Truist has elevated what I think baseball should be why well, because I think there, I, there's no good views there's not much to do like literally it's like hey here's baseball I went to New York expecting the mecca of baseball and I'm like I'd rather be in Pittsburgh for a game yeah I mean I I uh I saw you tweet that and then I was like is he crazy and then a lot of people started I, after you tweeted that, everybody, for some reason, I guess this weekend and the, the atmosphere and everything going on with the Braves were like, the Truist Park is by far the best uh, field to go to in terms of fan experience, et cetera. And I, we might just be spoiled a little bit. You know, you go, you go to Yankee Stadium, say you leave out of the third inning, we might be spoiled then. Well, what was so bad about it? Like, just in particular. I mean, my wife and I just looked at each other like, would you rather be at a restaurant right now? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, me too. So we left. Wow. Um, well, like, Jason there's nothing to do it. around the stadium. And then, like, while you're there, it's like you look around, it just has no character, no personality. Mm. And I'm like, this is the best baseball franchise that there is in terms of like legacy and history. And you cannot tell. Uh, wow. I, I don't know what old Yankee Stadium was like. I'm hoping it was better than that. Uh, but yeah. but maybe my expectations were just too high. Well, I grew up in Baltimore, obviously. So I know Yankee fans because they literally, I, I think this, Jason, now you might be able to back me up with this theory. They can't, those fans cannot afford to go to games in their own stadium. They can afford to go to the away stadiums. Because I, when every time I go to Camden, I love Camden. I think it's the best ballpark. Uh, I know Jason. You, you told me that it was top five. Camden, Camden's great. It's 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 yeah. it's amazing. And I remember every time I've gone when there's been they, we played the Yankees. There's always been fights. 
And it's always like there's some guy in his mid twenties who, if you quizzed him on the Yankees, if he knew like more than three players, he can't know more than three players. Like they, they're like that, and they go to away team stadiums. Because remember last time I went, I was embarrassed. We were getting drilled, and I just remember these fans. I, I mean, half the time I was just taking pictures for Yankee fans, but there are little <laughs> kids who came to a game. I'm saying, I'm like, God, this, this sucks. But I just know that their fans, like they literal away team games, like. If they go and play the Braves, you guys have a pretty passionate fan base, so I don't think it would be as big. But up north, like every stadium, like they're they make up at least like a third of the stadium at every away game. Those fans, so they go to a lot of the away games. I think it's because it's more expensive to go to Yankee Stadium. Could be Mike Freeze watching from Hawaii. He says, "What's up, Mike? Aloha, Mike. Jealous of you? Yes, very." Can we do the show from your house, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Write it off as a business expense. Um, yeah. Get us Fred, out there. Fred F says, good evening, fellas. At some point before the season starts, are there plans to recap the memorable moments of the championship season? I think that's the summer. Um, like, specifically, there's a little bit of that in almost everything I think we're doing at UGA Sports. Like, especially in the recruiting yeah. stuff and the logos everywhere. Um, o- over time, I think we'll recap it more, but there's plenty of stuff on this YouTube channel and UGASports.com. I, I'd, I say, I'd say we've turned the page a bit, but not not completely. Yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm having some stuff uh, that will be coming out, kind of recapping. And Dash has been doing the best play from every game so far. But, yeah, well, we are. I've actually talked to Roddy about that. So that will be coming uh, soon, Fred. We're not – like Dane said, we are moving a little bit forward, but we do plan to use uh, this month and then July to, to kind of recap the, the season that was and, and all the – Great things that Georgia accomplished this past year. It's still what I think will be re- will, will be memorable will be when the college game day before the season they're picking okay who's going to be the teams to win it this upcoming year and they say the defending champions and that's just yeah. never been said in forty years or yeah, since game this, day's been around. I think that's going to be unique. When will this finally kick in for Georgia fans? Because I, I have one of my best friends. He's a huge Georgia fan alumni. I'm like, has it sunk in yet? And he's like, dude, I thought it would feel a little better than it does right now like, that's crazy it, yeah like when is it I, I guess it might just be him but like i don't know if every georgia is it going to be that first uh time the jumbotron turns on and and they're recapping it in the stadium with nine two thousand, and that's when it like really hits because you you finish the game right and then college football is done there is no more college football except for specialty shows like us like you're not seeing college game day you know every saturday things of that nature right you move on college basketball becomes a big thing masters uh spring training baseball starts so college football doesn't start swinging back around until what a couple months from now Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. i think that's when it's going to officially kick in for georgia fans like hey we're the reigning champs and this is why if that makes sense. Like, I don't think it's fully kicked in for Georgia fans. Yes, yes, you won the title, but, like, the bragging rights and things like that, I don't think will start until the season starts. And good God almighty, the Georgia fans and the bragging on this is going to be crazy, even more than it is right now. I would think for a lot of my friends uh, who uh, also went to Georgia, it's still, like, I I think they're – it's sunk in for a lot of them, but it's definitely not the – there isn't much bragging. It's definitely more of a still a disbelief. Like I can't believe it actually happened. I didn't think right. it would ever happen. It's just that's not how Georgia has done things, and then for right. it to happen. So I, I don't. I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, boasting yet. Kind of like the way Alabama 
uh, once they got rolling, they became, you know, kind of the schoolyard bully about it. But uh, I think I, I, I kind of I'm kind of with you, especially if they beat Oregon week one. Yep. I think, and then they're rolling after that because you know you beat at Oregon week one. Uh, South Car- I don't think South Carolina will be in a position to 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 get an upset, and I think at that point you you wait until Florida before you you're you know worried about a team. You know, and I say worried. I mean, I, Georgia should still be the better team than Florida. But um, that said, I mean, I, I just think that you're going to be able to be in that position to to be kind of the the king of the hill at that point and really brag about and, and be in a position to, to 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 puff out your chest a little bit. I've got a question for you guys. Like you, you you just talked about Alabama, right, and how they've got that dynasty rolling. Do you think some Georgia fans are are waiting to see if Georgia could be that? Because I think we're all in the media side of things, looking at it like Georgia could be that next out. That was the big step, but can they be that next Alabama? And do our fans looking at it like that? Like this might just be the new norm now where, whereas this wasn't just a one-off and we're gonna have to wait another 40 years. Dane's going to have 17 grandchildren by the time the, the, the dogs win another one, you know? I mean, what constitutes a dynasty, right? Because if you were saying well, na- you have national win, championships, if you have to win the multiple national championships, yeah, Georgia's yeah. not there. But if you're just saying that Georgia has to be in that mix, then like Georgia's right there at the top with everyone else. I mean, that's a very small group, right? It's Georgia, sure. Alabama, Ohio State. If Clemson can turn it around again, they're they're in that mix too. Uh, but otherwise, that that's that's the small group. That's the elite of the elite right now. Well, this is what I have to say on that is I think if you looked at who could be the next uh, dynasty after Alabama, I think Georgia's number one for a couple reasons. One, I look at the job. Georgia's a traditional football school in power, and they're an elite, talent-rich state with a lot of money. I would still say among – I know A&M's in the SEC, but they joined in, what, 2012? Among the traditional SEC schools, Georgia, I remember in 2019, pulled in the most revenue. So they have money. They have a talent-rich state, and they have a winning tradition, and they're winning. They're, they're currently the, de- the defending champions. Who Kirby's really at top recruiting school. class every year. So when you look at all of that, and I mean he's under fifty years old as a head coach, I just think that you look at all those factors and say they're in the best position to be the next dynasty. I just think with NIL and with USC and potentially one of the Texas schools rising up, it might be harder to be a to have another Alabama. So I don't know if there will be a dynasty, but I think if there is, I think it will be Georgia. That's a good point. I think one of the, the things to point out is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, with with, um, with with this Georgia team, there's – for those that, that follow the program and have followed recruiting closely, I think there is maybe more of an indication or more of a feel that they could be that next dynasty, as, as we've been alluding to. But if you're the casual fan who doesn't necessarily pay attention, I think – uh, you're you're just there for game days, and uh, maybe you, you have a you're busy at work all the time. You don't have the time to to spend that extra, or you just want to do things in your in your downtime and not <laughs> not be freaks like us. And yeah. uh, but uh, I, I think for those people, maybe it's not that they're not so sure that this is the the first step to a to a new uh, a new beginning, a dynasty, or however you want to call it. Um, I, th- I think you're still in that kind of gray area for for a lot of folks who do follow the team, but they're just not as 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 clued in um, as especially like our subscribers at UGA Sports, I think those people. I mean, you pull them. I think they're they're thinking, uh, okay, this is the first step. It may not the, the second title may not happen this year, but just how this program is recruited, like Ben said, uh, Kirby Smart being under fifty, the trajectory of the program, the talent that's there, 
um, this does look like the first of uh, of multiple titles um, that that could come through Athens uh, in the foreseeable future. I do like what Ben pointed out. We can go to another topic here in just a second, Dane, about the NIL though, and if that changes the game, and if Bama might be the last dynasty, that that would be that would be a really good topic because we've been kind of touching on NIL throughout every one of our shows because it's such a unique, different thing, Dane. I don't know how much you guys talk about it with Coach Donnan, but. We talk about it a lot because I think it's really going to create a lot of parity in college football where you're going to get that four-star from Kentucky who normally would go to Alabama or Georgia. He's going to stay home now. You're going to get that parity a little bit more. I'm just – that was a really good point, Ben, and I don't give you a lot of credit often, okay? So take this, maybe take it as a recording, put it on your phone. But that was a very good point because Bama might be the last dynasty we see with this NIL and transfer portal thing, you know, kind of going crazy. There are some market corrections coming with the NIL stuff, though. Like, I think you're seeing it at Miami already where some yeah. of the promises are not necessarily <laughs> coming through with people. Right. I mean, that's what happens in, in Miami. Um, but w- what I'll say is that when I speak with Coach Donnan and, and some other people that I know that have been around with college football for a long time, they talk a little bit less about NIL than I think most people do, either media or fans. And, and there's more worry – around the transfer portal and what that's doing to roster management. Now, those are hand-in-hand, right? Because how does one team lure a player from the portal to their school? It's going to be through NIL uh, as much as anything else. But just the transfer portal rules have made it really, really, really hard to even know who's on your team and and kind of be able to rely on people that way. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's that's what Ben made such a good point at. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, roster management now is going to be harder because I think when Kirby said after they won the title, he sat down with Chris Fowler and was talking about um, coaches leaving the game. Some really good college coaches want to go pro or leaving. It's because now you have to not only recruit high school kids and evaluate them, but you're looking at the portal now and saying, hey, maybe I'm going after a portal kid um, and now I have to recruit them and manage your roster spots that way. Or I have to recruit my own roster. You're going to have to go to kids, sit them down and sell them on being a Trayvon Walker who started one year and ended up being the number one pick or selling a guy on NIL, potentially saying, hey, you can get good NIL services. I know some coaches, I'm not saying Kirby's doing that, but other coaches are definitely doing that. So I think that makes it harder on coaches knowing you have to try to um, recruit multiple different phases, kids on other teams, kids on your team, and in high school slash JUCO. It just makes it more challenging. I think that's why more coaches might want to go to the pros who otherwise wouldn't, or, you know, take other jobs. That's one reason why I, I wonder – I say I don't know if NIL I, – I, I don't want to dispute that it's going to offer more parity, but I do think the programs with the most resources are going to use it to their advantage much, much greater. I think Georgia having um, their collective setup, Florida having theirs. I think the, the schools that have the resources and have the people that they trust that can, they can put in place – and, the, and they can connect them with the donors. And if you're a school with a bunch of big-time donors, I think you're going to be able to sell that NIL um, much better. Now, Nick Saban clearly hates it. And I, you can tell, and that's really the point I wanted to make, is um, he's obviously, for lack of a better term, scared, in my opinion, of what this yeah. means for him. Because he has had – you know, it, the, the – the, it is rich when he when he came out and, and started saying how you know Texas A&M's buying everybody as if, I mean, come on, right? I mean, he's right. had he's had a lockdown on the recruiting game since 2007 essentially, 
and now it's threatened because of NIL and, and also because of the transfer portal, I think, when it comes to roster management. And he hates, he hates the fact that he's not going to have that because there was a quote, and I'm not going to say Nick Saban's a bad coach. Uh, by no means am I trying to make that point. But he had a quote when he, uh, when he was with the Dolphins and then Alabama blanking on the, the AD at the time who came down to, uh, to get him from Miami. He didn't want to leave Miami. Alabama, you know, said, no, we're going to pay you a ton of money. You're going to go, you're going to come with us. And Saban agreed. And his quote that he said was, he goes, like something to the effect of like, I'm not a great coach, but nobody's going to ever out recruit me because in college football, the better players you have more so than the actual X's and O's from coaching gives you a better chance to win championships. That is threatening that that he, he is now threatened by how this changes the game when it comes to recruiting in terms of transfer portal. And I, I might be just slow on the subject. Is there going to come a time where they're not going to be eligible immediately and it goes back to sitting out a year or now are we just full on? Yeah. Like, has there been anything that's been put out on that? I don't think so, but I, I can't imagine it going back. That's just, you're talking about, uh, for, for, you know, all, all the spin was, this is progress for, for these players. And which I agree. I think like if, you know, uh, you should be able to, to go wherever you want. I mean, and do, you know, I, I think if, especially if the schools aren't paying you and you're not technically employees, then yeah, you should be able to go wherever you want. You shouldn't be restricted, especially when coaches can quit and go wherever they want as paid employees of the university school systems. So I just don't see from a PR, from a uh, any, any kind of standpoint like that. I don't see them rolling that back. I just, I just, I just, the only reason I ask is because I know it started with COVID, mm-hmm. and that was kind of their way to implement it. I guess you could say. Yeah. And now I just, I, I'm assuming, especially if Coach Donning and and folks that Dane talks to are a little worried about the transfer portal, that it's not going to go back to how it was. And now we are now kind of in a college football free agency if mm-hmm. you will, for lack of a better term, every offseason. So. I, I think there may be a little structure added around it. The Having like multiple got, periods you, you gotta have each something. year to where you can enter and exit the portal, that's kind of yeah. probably going to be Kind of like one week. I, it, it probably needs to be a short and, you, hey, you got this amount of time. Otherwise, you got to just sit well, out. I, mean, I, I, I would be okay with that. And it's not even that. It's you, You've got – I mean, we don't have access to the portal. I wish we did. But there's, I would imagine, probably over 1,500 kids, if not more, still in the portal that don't have a college scholarship anymore because they thought they had a better avenue. And, you know, there's some good players in there, but maybe they were too high on themselves. Maybe they got bad advice, you know. And now they don't have a scholarship, not just to play football, but for education purposes. So maybe and you should that. some of those players came from Georgia. Who was that, who was the player that recently said that 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 um they or was it might have been a, a recent draft pick who said that uh I'm blanking on who that was I'm blanking on everything today but they said that they talked to former players at Georgia oh, yeah. in the portal and they regretted Jackson. Jackson. yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's right at, at league meetings yeah and he said they were players who regretted that decision and um I I, I think that it is it, yeah I mean I, I think the grass is always greener for a lot of guys right and. I think in the past, I mean, Kirby's talked about it and other coaches have talked about it. Uh, I mean, I think the the best example of it all is probably Tom Brady at Michigan. You know, he said multiple times when he wasn't the starter um, by what halfway through his time there, he wanted to transfer and he went to Lloyd Carr's office and Lloyd Carr kind of talked him out of it. And 
he ended up starting, you know, well, he shared that last year, but he started as a junior most of his senior season and went on to, you know, if, if he doesn't leave Michigan, who knows what happens to him. Yeah, too bad point. he didn't pan out in the pros, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things that you just don't know. Like, does he even get a six-round selection at that point? Like, does he go somewhere and not play? So I, I think that um, by, by no, by, by basically by circumstance, players in the past had to stay. Now they can leave, which I do fully support, but there are consequences to those actions. And I think that for a lot of guys, yeah, they're, they, they feel like, oh, I can't believe I'm not playing, but they just might not be good or developed enough yet. And there, there might, you know, and then it turns out there aren't other programs willing to, to take that chance and they don't need those positions. And then they end up stuck in the portal. And like you, and like you said, they, they don't have scholarships anymore. So, you know, you gotta be very careful and, and, uh, and, and really think those decisions through. They're not just, uh, you know, college free agency can be good. It can also be, it can also be bad. So, you know, to each, by, way, know. by way of awkward transition, only because I want to add <laughs> levity to it. Here's a photo that made me laugh. Uh, this is Robinson Cano making a minor Ooh. league. appearance. Oh, uh, that's, that, you the, fell off. You fell off. Uh, Chihuahuas. You hate to see that. Is, is that a real Jersey? Yeah, it's That's a real a sponge, jersey. It was SpongeBob, SpongeBob night for the Chihuahuas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was SpongeBob night for the Chihuahuas, and there I know the isotopes. That's Albuquerque. I don't know what city Chihuahuas is, but that's thirty-nine-year-old Robinson Cano in a minor mm. league baseball game wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants uniform, which is just fantastic. I love you it. hate to see that. You hate to see it. I love uh, to see it. Time to time to hang up the cleats, bud. Time to hang up the cleats. With that, uh, let's get a <laughs> recruiting update uh, from one jersey to another. All the ones you see in the photo is from UGA Recruits. Not quite as big of a recruiting weekend as last weekend when you guys talked about Arch Manning a lot, uh, as everyone else was a lot. Uh, ben, what's going on with uh, guys on campus this weekend? Well, another big legacy name you could say in the NFL, Todd Bowles, the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was on campus this weekend because his son, Troy Bowles, one of the top linebackers in the country. Um, one, There's actually an interesting note there. So Todd, uh, Fran Brown, coached Troy Bowles' older son, and obviously Todd Bowles' older son, um, coached him and recruited him. And then Glenn Schumann and Kirby are very much appreciated by Todd because it's I think it's well documented now. Lewis Seen came out and said, you know, the Buccaneers are going to draft me. And they appreciate Georgia players a lot, the Buccaneers and, and Todd Bowles. So that's something to watch with his recruitment. I've heard Georgia's doing a fantastic job recruiting him. Uh, I think it's between Georgia and Ohio State. And Ohio State's had a lot of coach turnover with the assistants uh, since after the season. So I think right now Georgia's sitting a good, uh, good spot there. Then you also had Tyler Williams, a wide receiver out of Lakeland the same spot that Arian Smith is from. Um, he's another one. He's a 6'5 receiver who's really fast. He's not quite Arian, but if you look at being a 6'5 receiver, his speed, he's he's crazy fast for a tall receiver. I, I don't I, – I know some people are going to look and say, is he a Tommy Bush or is he more of, you know, more of what his ranking is? I think he's more on that side. George is coming out of the weekend is looking very good for him. Brian McClendon um, told him he's the top guy on his board, and I think that really hit home with him. There's a couple of linemen, a commit, Ryquees McElderly, who's being recruited by Alabama and Auburn. He had a really successful visit. And Kelton Smith, who's out at Carver, who's a big target, who's, who's a high three-star. 
Georgia's sitting really good with him. I actually just put a future cast in for Georgia to land him. And then a couple other targets, Joan Aguero, who's a safety who was at IMG, who's now back home in Massachusetts. He's a top 100 player. Georgia, he's supposed to commit the last week of July. Georgia's had a really successful visit with him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with his next three official visits before he commits next month. And then lastly, Jamal Jarrett, who, interesting enough, Jordan Davis came in town this weekend, if anybody yeah. checks social media, and was dancing yeah. with the trophy. He was he came in town to recruit Jamal Jarrett, which I think tells you a lot about both um, Jordan Davis uh, and, and his love for Georgia, and also when you look at um, how big of a target Jamal Jarrett is, um, because he's another guy. He's from the same area as Jordan in North Carolina, and he's 6'6", over 350 already. I mean, that that is a large human being who's already rated as a top 50 prospect. So this was a very big weekend, and according to the early buzz, Georgia hit it out of the park for everybody. It's just going to be interesting because most of them are going to decide in July now. So it, this is a big month, and obviously they had another really good weekend. I was looking at you were talking to see if there was any obvious overlap with Georgia coaches and Todd Bowles. Uh, and immediately I thought of, well, was Munkin together with him at all in Tampa? And that was one year apart. Uh, so Munkin was ah. offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers in 18. Bowles got there in 19 as the defensive coordinator. But then looking back at Todd Bowles, uh, he was with the Miami Dolphins from 2008 to 2011 as the assistant head coach. And uh, Kirby Smart, it was a couple years before 06, was – yeah, the safeties coach for the Miami Dolphins. So I know uh, that they they know all the same people. They right. do, and and um, there's that uh, golf tournament that um, that um, Bruce Arians. I'm my brain is fried today. Bruce Arians does in uh, in Greensboro, and uh, Todd Bowles obviously being tight with Bruce Arians. He goes to that same Greensboro golf tournament. Kirby Smart goes to that golf tournament. Um, all those, a lot of those. They're in that circle. Let's just put it that way. They know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they communicate with each other. There's there's a definite relationship there. Yeah, I I think that uh, you know it's just it's crazy. This weekend the amount of visitors. Last weekend the amount of visitors that are super high on the dogs is nuts to me. I mean, you start looking at a class prediction here, and you could put in almost every one of these guys. Jamal Jarrett. The the thing that stood out to me uh, before we move on to the next thing, Dane. Biggest thing that stood out to me was the picture Jamal Jarrett uh, took with Jordan Davis. They are almost the exact same size, and Jamal Jarrett is a about to be a senior in high school. So you want to find your next Jordan Davis. They don't grow on trees, uh, and not <laughs> saying that Jamal Jarrett is the next Jordan Davis, but you got to start with the size and the height to at least try to make your next Jordan Davis, and he has that. So uh, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to follow. Where he lands, I think that the dogs have a really, really good shot with him. Well, you also got to look at um, with Jamal. He runs track, and I saw that video of him running uh, the sleds with all the weights on it. I mean, yeah. that was that was insane to be moving at that fast with stuff like that on you. And also, one thing I noticed about recruiting, just a small thing, the kids who officially visited the first two weekends, Georgia has a great chance with. These next two weekends are going to have great prospects on there too, but they're guys who – I wouldn't predict the Georgia, most of them. So these next two weekends are more of, okay, can we flip momentum or can we, you know, be up to par with these other teams for these guys the last two weekends? I don't know if that was by design or not. I'm not in the coaching offices, but some is that not by, is that, is that not by design? Kirby smart designs every piece of rice that goes on his plate before he eats it. 
that was by design, one million percent by design. That's interesting. I think. Football. That's interesting. Yeah, every piece of rice that goes on Kirby Smart's plate, strategically <laughs> placed. You know what Kirby has for breakfast every morning? I actually know this to be true. Uh, so well, Nick Saban eats two oatmeal cream pies. Uh, he calls them little Debbie cakes, though, because he does that, and then seven minutes, no, fifteen minutes of the Weather Channel, but you know, seven of its commercials. He says. Um, let's see, Kirby's breakfast every morning. I'm gonna go uh, English muffin with grape jelly. Oh, that's very specific. <laughs> I'm just say uh, scrambled eggs and uh, toast. No, I think Jason's closest oh. here because uh, th- this is. Mary Beth makes Kirby Smart two fried eggs every morning. Mm. I like fried egg. I like a fried egg. Fried eggs are good. Paul, do you have pizza for breakfast too? <laughs> Dane, next topic, please. Hey, real, uh, real quick, I wanted to answer uh, Fred's uh, question down there um, about NIL. Oh, what, Fred's asking. Fred's throwing yeah. some fire out again. It says, yeah. Is it out of the realm of possibility for a school like USC to make an offer? To get Brock Bowers back to the West Coast through NIL, and you can't because that's he's already uh, making good money here. Yeah, and he's also positioned to be a top ten pick. Like, and, yeah. hey, hey, Ben, did Jason want to answer this, or did did you? More so legally, they can't because as long as he's at Georgia, you know, not to say these teams don't do it or they don't have reps that that. that you know, talk to other representation and all that. Bowers does have an agent for NIL purposes, but um, no, they he they legally they can't communicate. Um, Bowers has uh, Bowers is going to be making a lot of money this year, so there well, you, you don't you don't have to worry about USC kind of sneaking through the back door to get him back on the West Coast. Let me add one thing here too, Jason. There's a lot of unwritten rules in college football, right? Where Jimbo is talking about. Oh, you don't want to know where you can find the bodies, Nick Saban. You know, you know like all this <laughs> yeah, stuff, do. Right? Yeah, like there's a lot of unwritten rules, right? If Kirby Smart's still the head coach at Georgia and USC were to somehow because you can talk to Brock's parents, you know, you can you can make a way sure. to tell Brock, right? Um, it was, that's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't do. Even before NIL was you try to take a kid that but if once the coach leaves, it's kind of fair game. But it's an unwritten rule, and that's where Kirby, I think, would very adamantly step up and be like, no, 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 no. USC, you're not doing this. So to put that in perspective, no, it's not going to happen. But I think that's one of those unwritten rules. As long as the coach is still here, you don't go fishing in the pond. Correct. Uh, That may be kind of the code, but that code gets broken often. I can, of course, but I'm I'm, I'm saying in, in the case of Brock Bowers, like your star tight end, you're you're not going to let that code get broke. Well, that, Does that make sense? But but even then, I think all right. So if if USC sends a rep from their collective to talk to um to Bowers' agent, for instance, Bowers' agent's going to say "f off." Like right. he's we're we're good. <laughs> we're making money. He likes Georgia. We're good. That last part is the key to me. The making money, he'll he would do that anywhere. He yeah. likes Georgia. If if it were a player that was slightly disgruntled. I mean, it doesn't take much to get sure. slightly disgruntled to wanting to leave, right? Uh, but George's had where Marius Mims was disgruntled, and he went to go flirt around with other schools and make Mike Norvell clap awkwardly on a carpet with <laughs> some music playing in the car. <laughs> uh, but then he turned around and came back to Athens. And so, you know. He did. 
They did. Well, hey, with Dan, Dallas, he already has a deal with Zaxby's, right? So he has a deal mm-hmm. with Zaxby's, and he's also playing for a good team. No offense to Pitt, but when Jordan Addison left Pitt, they're not really a big brand college football team. So I think those two, and also well, Jordan, Addison, Jordan, Jordan Addison made uh, made some good strides last year. They had a number one or first yeah, overall he pick, left first round to pick quarterback from Pitt to USC. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. Like th- there yeah. is a difference there. And he also lost, but, but again, Riley. like. He also lost his quarterback to the draft, so you're not going to stick yeah. around Pitt when you're that type. Uh, Dane, I can't, I can't highlight the comment. Can you highlight Jeff's comment for us real quick, and then we can move on to the next thing? Um, what do they serve breakfast at Motel Six? Yeah. <laughs> ben, ben, what do they serve there? I eat Cheerios every day for breakfast. <laughs> I don't, I don't pour milk in it or anything. So that's, that's, yeah. I guess that's what Motel Six. You know, they just want to be like me. Uh, Dane, so you missed it. So we, um, this is now nah, this is week three. She hasn't been back, but uh, Ben's estranged lover uh, came into the YouTube chat and said, Ooh. "Sorry, uh, for everybody watching, um, I'm sorry to recap this again if we're going through it, but this will probably be the last time we we, we do unless she shows back up." But uh, Ben's estranged lover showed up in the chat and said, "So sorry. This is the only way I can contact you. Uh, you've blocked me on all other social media. I just want you to know that I love you and I care for you." That's um, fantastic. Yeah, and then y'all shows are way better than ours. Yeah, then she said, uh, "What did she say about the Motel Six, Jason? Like you left your belt?" Yeah, he left left my belt. Apparently, my belt. Yeah, I left it. (laughs) And so, 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 Dane, you know how you know how it operates, right? You you host a show. If somebody gets out of hand in the YouTube comments, you you time them out or ban them, right? So I timed out the account. Five minutes later, the account comes back. So if it was a bot. Dane, you can back me up on this. You're, you're very good at this. The bot would have just left, I assume, right? The bot then came back, and that's when we found out about uh, leaving his belt uh, at the Motel 6 and then found out that they left the light on for him. And Ben didn't know what that meant, so it's do, been a running joke think, ever since. Do we think that left your belt is like code for something else? Yeah, we do. Man, We've been looking into that. Have you stayed at a motel? Real, real talk, I've never stayed at a motel in my life. <laughs> I never intend on staying at a motel in my life. That's what you say, but uh, you know, your sources claim I've been at a motel, but my sources, myself and my body, say no. <laughs> I, I this may reveal a little weirdness about me. Uh, if I just ask you to name the sketchiest hotel with the most, uh, or motel, which either like the one that comes to your mind instantly, you would tell Ramada people, Inn, Ramada Super Inn. Ramada Inn. No, but see, like mine's as specific as there's a trade winds off of the interstate I-75 just north of Forsyth. That never stayed there, <laughs> yeah. but like, well, it's the one in Athens. The the well, no, I don't want to disparage an Athens business. Never mind. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't do that. I, 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 we know what I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I've had a fr- I've had a friend visit over there before. I've heard stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funniest uh, Athens story I have right now is that Chelsea's on Baxter Street. Oh yeah, uh, great which used to be a gentleman's club uh, yeah, is now going to be a wedding venue, which is what? just yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it is being revitalized right now, and I forget the name of it, but it is going to be for weddings and events, which wow. is just great. Like you said, I think, I think I think you said, Dane, in a, in a tweet or a comment or something. You were like, somebody's uncle is going to be like, man, I've I've been in I've, I've been, been here, here a time or two. Yeah. I didn't need directions to get here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You remember that old Chelsea building? Yeah. Oh yeah, I that's where we're getting. That's where you're getting married at, boy. All right. 
Yeah, somebody commented and said it's better than you know the bride saying, "Yeah, I worked here at one time." Ooh. Ooh, that's rough. That's rough. Um, time for another awkward transition, and this one is Chip Carey's suit jacket two nights ago. You know, not bad. Really, Ben? Would you? I don't think it's bad. You don't think this is a bad a bit, It's it's a little sus, say the least. Uh, ben, you would rock I'll, that. What I with the pink jacket? Pink jackets, fire. At the Motel well, Six, in right at the mot- yeah, the, the Motel Six. That's a, that's a Motel Six jacket for sure. No, but you're giving vibes needs, off. He needs a pure white undershirt. I agree. I Instead agree. Of plaid, but then it would but, be fine. The jacket by itself is not fine. It's ben, clear. I'm questioning the judgment of everything you've ever said. If you approve of this jacket, <laughs> all I know is my my wife's really big into fashion, and the uh, the vibrant. Uh, colors like the the pink like the the lime green and orange like that's that's in uh for this spring for whatever reason a lot of women are wearing like i'm not saying this is a women's blazer i don't know but i assume (laughs) assume it's not if you (laughs) have to ask right yeah like but but a lot of women are wearing um uh like the uh especially around the dc or really and then more of like new york and then we went to montreal we saw a lot of it they're wearing like um uh like Sorry, they're, they're they're suiting up basically, and they're wearing uh, stuff like this, like the the pink, like a pink suit. Um, up so, and down. So, so yeah. you're saying chip? So you're saying chips in trend then? He's in trend, yes, very much. Wow. In, terms of, in terms of the colors, yeah. I'm wow. saying that's a cry for help. Um, <laughs> so while I was in New York the last three days, it is a state that does allow sports gambling. <laughs> Governor Kemp, Georgia legislature. Yeah, come on. I have to real quick. I have to drive to D.C. and Virginia to place my bets because I because Maryland has not done the online portion yet, and it's so that's so that's so that's so weird. I think that um, before New York became legal, wasn't New Jersey legal? I want to say, and yeah. like nine, like something crazy, like nine out of ten bets were placed within like five minutes of the border. Um, yeah, yeah. Jason, when is it going to open? In Maryland, dude, it might it might not even make it for football season. Like they they're waiting on some study to 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 um they want to be very inclusive when it comes to who can or at least that's what the they, they've said. Um, I think it's written into the law, so they had to do some study to make sure that um people aren't going to be left out of the process. But I don't understand why. If here's the study. Have, open it up and let people gamble. Then they're in the process. So like, here's the thing: like they they have what the casinos that are here now can take bets on site. So I don't know why those places can't have their apps running while they figure the rest out. So they're, they're losing money. They it's, it's insane. I, I literally DC and Virginia, I just drive over and the geolocation finds me and I'm losing money left and right. It's great. <laughs> Jason's but, like, if gas isn't high enough, gas plus the losing bets like, I'm, I'm, I'm love writing money on fire <laughs> right like when i leave georgia it's one of my favorite things i was in colorado yeah, yeah. Let's, let's you know land on, from the plane let's do a couple you know in the airport couple bets there we're going to new orleans next month right a couple bets yeah there. exactly yeah. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off dane i just had no, to throw that out there I, i'm as frustrated as anyone that the state that i live in is not making this a priority because you know maybe it could fund my kids college too so there, there's a lot of pros to right. it uh or they, or, you know, or it could de- or it could defund your kids college very quickly dane and and if you watch last <laughs> week's episode I'm, I'm on that train 
So uh, let's, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe it's maybe you know let's, no, no, uh, let's no, Paul, which NBA it's... betting analyst. <laughs> I'm saying I'm going, I, I'm going to make bets either way. So my kids need to go to college on someone else's dime. So I just yeah. need to contribute to that process. Oh Jesus, I drive off the PA. The, the mm-hmm. casino up in PA. Maybe that's the Motel Six I was at for all I know. <laughs> you you <laughs> must have. Uh, that's yeah, right. You must have had a bad night gambling, and then you didn't even remember the the the, the incident at the Motel Six. Low Elo Joe says Harry Carey just rolled over in his grave with that photo. Of Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's it's rough. But hey, oh, it's, in, it's it's in fashion. But uh, and Ben Ben's, Ben might be up on the fashion. I don't know. All right, let's let's. Work. Let's wrap with a little Georgia gambling talk here and just kind of where – because when I was in Colorado about six weeks ago, they didn't have a lot of college football odds up. I use DraftKings. That's not a promotion for them. But if they want to sponsor us, even though you can't bet in Georgia, whatever, um, that's cool. Um, Over, under, total for wins in the regular season, 10.5 was the line, which I'm thinking, Mm. how do you find two losses on that schedule? Which is not – an. it's not saying that Georgia's – necessarily that great though i think they're a really good team but it's like that's an easy schedule i can see you dropping one somewhere that happens in football but dropping two whoo i don't know never it seems like seems like that line is banking on an injury or injuries um you don't want to commit to to 11 you don't want to go too small at 10 or nine and a half because that that would just be stupid so i think it's uh, you know i think that's where that that line's coming from that's what I was telling Dane pre-show. You, if they go 11, everybody's going to take the under. Ten and a half, though, mm-hmm. gives you that skepticism. And Vegas, I mean, I and I hate it so much. Vegas is right most of the time, though. Like, it's weird. You know, oh, yeah. They're, they're within, like, a point of every NBA game. And you're like, what? How does that make sense? You know, Kevin Durant fouled out 16 minutes ago, and, and they're going to win by three? You saw that coming? What? Um, but you know, they're, they're close on everything. It's interesting to me though, because I think if you put 11, people are going to take the under, but that doesn't make sense because I don't see two losses on Georgia's schedule, but obviously Vegas, somebody does, you know, some, somebody, uh, does Ben, you're, you're a betting expert. Apparently, uh, you, you see two <laughs> losses on the, on no, the, on I the don't. Game? So I look at it as, okay, who's the three hardest opponents? So you have Oregon week one against the first-time head coach traveling cross-country to Atlanta. And I don't think Oregon's as talented as Georgia. Then you have, I'll just say at home against Tennessee's on there because they're a unique team with the offense and how they're built. And it's still, I guess, a rivalry game to most people, especially I don't like Tennessee fans. So, yeah, I'm going to throw them on there. And then I would say at Mississippi State is the other one because Mississippi State – uh, I think it was JT Daniels' first start. They gave Georgia fits that game, and Mike Leach and the Air Raid. They're an interesting team to me, and it's a road game in the SEC West, which is where Kirby's lost most of, most of his regular season games. So I would say they're the three most challenging, and I wouldn't predict them to lose any of them. Now, could they lose one? Yes, and guess what? You would still hit 11 wins, so you would hit the over at 10.5. So I think it's still I, – I would bet the over. Are you coming with us to Vegas? Oh, not Vegas. Uh, uh, New Orleans, Ben? No, my mother's turning 60. Oh, happy that, birthday. Happy birthday. That, that, that weekend, so. Mm. And I know you're upset, Paul. See, Paul seriously does love me, but, you know. I was just surprised the line wasn't 11 and a half. I get why you wouldn't make it mm. 11, because then you get a push and – there's just oh, if it's, a, if it's 11 and a half, I'm betting uh, everybody's your, betting the under. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting your kids' savings on it. I'm betting 
my house on it. I'm betting the under because something can happen. I mean, you also if you yeah if you if they lose twice if they lose to Oregon week one and then drop a late season game, still win the East, then they still have to win the SEC championship. To and at that point, no, it's just just twelve. The SEC championship wouldn't count because it's just regular season games. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a good line. I think that's a good line. To be honest, you you say if they lose to Oregon, they're seventeen point favorites. Yeah, games in Georgia. I I don't think they're going to lose to Oregon. I'm just saying, if if, if, if you lose to Oregon, your margin of error is you know a late season screw up. uh, You know, against Tennessee or Mississippi State or even the game in Florida. It's just, I think that's that's. That and then injuries, of course. Like if, if injuries happen to Stetson and then QB two Carson Beck goes down, I mean, then what? Yep. Oh man, I mean, that if would something make happens for a... to Stetson, they're in the same spot with any of the quarterbacks they put out there, in my opinion. Yeah, like, someone can emerge. Hold up, but like, hold up. What? I don't think Carson Beck is that good of a quarterback. And if anything, like Vandegrift's lose... inexperience is not going to. I'm saying not. You interpret that as me saying that if Stetson goes down, nothing changes. What I'm saying is if okay. Stetson goes down, regardless okay. of the three quarterbacks available after okay. that, I think you're okay. in the same spot. With oh, that, I just I wanted you to clarify that because yeah. I, I read that a different way, and I was like, Whoa. I appreciate that. Whoa. You know what I do have to think about that? I guess a little off topic, but if Stetson did go down, I think they should go to Vandergriff because I think he could run a similar offense to Stetson compared to Carson, and I think the no. continuity. That's just a little side thing. This is my opinion. I, Man, that would make for a hell of an interesting POS show after that game. Who who comes in if Stetson gets hurt um, and, and plays significant minutes? I'm just saying. Um, but I'm I'm with I'm Team Beck because his grandma uh, came onto the show. Oh, Carol. So, Jeff yeah. here. Jeff here is mentioning. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Dane. Dane, Dane just Sorry, made enemy. Yeah. No me. So. Yeah, Dane. I don't know about you, bud, but uh, we Dane, had... Dane didn't make an enemy. I think I did here. I, I'm in the business. No, Dane just said that no. wasn't that good. You, you make friends and <laughs> oh, make enemies. Damn, all right. <laughs> Not a person on this planet has hyped up Lad McConkey more than I have. And I, someone from his family re- reached out to me and said, "Hey, thanks for that." So, like, you get both sides of the coin. Yeah. yeah well, we're, we're uh, just so you know from here on out, Dane. The uh, the Colin show uh, represents Team Beck. Um, Miss Miss Caroline, we ride. Yeah, with, we, we have ride a little with, bit of bias here. Just yeah, yeah. We we ride with we ride with Beck. I'm riding with Vandergriff. So here we go. I'm, I'm invading. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I want to bring my people. You bring your people. I might have to go with Dane here. I'm a bigger fan of him as a host than you. So oh, I have to go with Dang. Are we done here, Dane? No, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> sit on that for a while. That's that um, conference odds to win the SEC. What do you think Vanderbilt's number is? <laughs> Plus 10,000. Plus 100,000. 100,000? Holy yes. cow. Yes. Why not? 100,000? <laughs> yep. yep. Did you guys see the stat when Georgia played them this year about they have like the same amount of wins post like one of the world wars they do after? It's I'm like you're showing this up as they were a powerhouse before the World War, and I'm Lord, like, you know that's an insult. Yeah, they, they're crazy. Like program yeah. Vanderbilt was a hundred years ago when yeah. like only one skin color was playing. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, what? Who, who do you think is the team in the conference with the second worst odds to win the league? Hmm. Oh. 
Mississippi State? No. No. Um, it's not anybody in the East. It is. It's um, Missouri at 30. That's who I was Dude, I, I, always, I always forget about Missouri being in the East, to be honest with you, because they're, they're on the West. Um, All right, so I'll run this down from the lowest odds to the top, which I know is a weird way to do it, but Vandy's the worst. Missouri at plus 30,000. Then Auburn and South Carolina. I was going to say Auburn's South down Carolina, there. I figured South Carolina was at the bottom. Auburn and South Carolina Auburn's plus 15,000. Then comes in Mississippi State at plus 10,000. I had a friend one time that had a bet. This was you remember Auburn in 2012 goes three and nine, fires Gene Chiswick. They go into the next season with plus ten thousand odds. Buddy Amon put uh I guess it was ten bucks on him. He was in Vegas. The next year Gus takes him to the title game. Oh. And my buddy's in the stands as Kelvin Benjamin catches the ball that cost him ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Pain, pain. Uh, so Mississippi State's at plus ten thousand. Uh, LSU at plus seven thousand. Arkansas at plus six thousand. Excuse me. Arkansas uh, above LSU. I like that. Go, go Pittman. Arkansas like has been the most solid three-sport program this year. Kentucky also at plus six thousand, uh, and then Ole Miss and Tennessee at plus five thousand. Florida's at plus 4,000, fourth best no odds for the league. No shot. Uh, A&M at plus uh, 1,600. No shot. And then Georgia at plus 135. Alabama, the favorite at minus 125. Wow, those odds. Um, <clears throat> am I crazy? Cra- uh, yeah, I am crazy. I was going to say, am I crazy to think Tennessee would be a good value bet, but they have to play Georgia and Alabama, so that's, that's tough. Tennessee would be a good value though, because you said Tennessee was what five thousand plus five thousand. Yeah, Tennessee's plus five thousand. What scares me about Tennessee is that like that's a team that like all right, what if they did the impossible and pulled off a win against Alabama, which they haven't done, but like you know once in almost my life or something. Uh, Yeah, I could totally see them losing to Kentucky in the following couple of weeks. You know, true. But I'm saying like in terms of just because I like value, right? I think that's a decent like plus five thousand for Tennessee is probably the best value. Mine, you know, of course, obviously taking Georgia at 135 out. Um, I would say something like LSU, just because, like, if they get on a heater, like, that's a program that that can pull it together. I think it's a year early. Yeah, I was going to say, Brian Kelly could do something, but at the same time, you're right, a year early on them. Mississippi State's decent value, but, I mean, they just don't have the horses. I I, I love Leach. I love his teams. Uh, ben, you mentioned it earlier when Georgia plays them, it's it's going to be frustrating for Georgia fans. It's, it's going to feel like preparing for the triple option again, where it's like, oh, we don't do this all year all year long, and then all of a sudden we have to be invested in this for a week, and it's just brutal. You, How many times both... do they run the ball? Like Mike Leach's offense. Like I'm curious if he's ever even ran the ball hundred times his offenses in a season. Like I guarantee he's had several seasons where it's like under hundred rushing attempts. But every pass for two yards. But both of you guys are scared of Mississippi State. Are you scared of Mississippi State, Jason? No, because I don't. I don't yeah, think. I'm not, I'm not either. I don't think they'll be able to hang on the. The one thing I'm about Mike's teams is they never play defense. He I'm never, he never does anything on that side of the ball. I'm much more scared of Kentucky than I am of Mississippi State. That's just me. I mean, I don't. I mean, Kentucky will play defense. I mean, that's the thing. That you're also on the road. But like the longer, the it longer. The longer Mike Leach is at Mississippi State, the worse that defense is going to get. That's just how it is. 
I mean, historically with, with him. So he's somebody that in the SEC, as long as he's – especially if he's at Mississippi State, I don't think he'll ever get over the hump. Um, I mean, he almost did at Texas Tech that one year when, when he had Crabtree and, and they beat Texas, and then they ended up losing a couple weeks later. It might have been the next week, actually. I think it was. And, um, but I don't think he'll, he'll ever be able to get over the hump and, and be a SEC West contender. I mean, again, I, I just until, – until he fields a great defense. Um, write this sure. down, Ben. Write this down on the inside of your belt that you just got back. Georgia's score will be closer against Kentucky than Mississippi State. Right there, Donnie, inside of your belt. But, but see, that's not representative of anything, Paul. close to beating Georgia? They haven't been. And last time Mississippi State played Georgia, they lost by only a touchdown because they, they were in a whole different offense where they throw the ball a million times, they're up-tempo, mm. and that's what gives Georgia's defense the most fits. It just does. And also, I look and say, because of how that offense is run, that's something that could stump Georgia's defense and get everything off kilter, or Georgia's going to have to score a bunch. So that's why I think if you had – who would be the three teams that you would be most scared of this next year, Paul? Oregon, Tennessee, Kentucky. Okay. Well, I would, well then we're just flipping one. But I seriously believe Mississippi State's more firepower on offense because how they throw the ball. I'm not sold on Will Levis and the receivers Kentucky has. I'm always sold on what Mike Leach has. Where does be Levis sitting. hype come from? Uh, what, I'm who, telling who you, who watched him last year and said this guy's a future first round pick? Oh like, go, go ahead and book. The, if that guy goes in the first round, it is a straight up bust. Like, that's I'm, ridiculous. No, Man, have you, you seen Anthony Richardson in the top five? He had one more insane. touchdown than pick. One that's more insane. touchdown than pick, and you're telling me he's a top five pick? He didn't even Look, start having games last year. We just year. don't have quarterbacks anymore if, if those two guys are first round picks. We're just done Look, with I'm, quarterbacks. I'm, I'm telling you, Will Levis is that guy. Will Levis is that uh, guy. Where? Why? He's that guy. He's that guy. Just he's that guy. What guy? Not that guy? What's he doing? You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Will Levis is that guy. Will Levis is that guy. I'm telling you. Market bookmark it. Put it inside Ben's uh, belt. What will did Levis you see that, that I don't see? <laughs> I think I like he's being Slavitz more than I like Will Levis right now. Stop it! <laughs> Stop hard. it! Stop what? it! Paul, what I have like you seen from Will Levis? Better than both of them, and he's not a future <laughs> NFL guy. Hey, do you have Heisman odds in your in your Georgia gambling? No, they didn't have those on there. It made me upset. I got one. Well, my DC app. I got. Uh, oh. I, I did it too. I put five dollars, a big whopping five dollars, on Stetson Bennett to win the Heisman. How much? Twelve thousand four hundred. What is that? What does that net you if you win? Uh, six fifty. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. not that. You know. You know That's you worth know, it. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not bad because we've t- we've talked about it. Eddie from Ackworth has talked about it. Yeah. Uh, Ch- Chance has talked about it with us on the show. Um, he is not that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richard. Right. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Paul, Paul, legitimately, what are you seeing that tells you that Will Levis is something special? I, he's plus six thousand in the Heisman. Boy, is that Look, he runs a little bit? He's got he's got that swagger about him. He's got that swagger. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. Dang, yeah, but did I he have a throw that went past 10 yards against Georgia last year? I know. They were all screens. Did, did okay, who? Wondell Robinson's who, numbers. He had like 15 who, catches, and he didn't even have – He barely who, had who, did, 48, who did – Look, look. Who did have a pass over 10 yards against Georgia's defense last year? I mean, not many. Bryce Let's Young. not go crazy. DJ did. Okay. He had a 20-yard completion. He technically had one. All right. Here, Paul, I'm going to look at you in the face here. This is coming from a guy that said that DJ Uyunglele would win the Heisman last year. 
Yep. You have a worse quarterback take than I do. <laughs> no, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. Like, like, legitimately, I'm on the Will Levis hype train. And when it comes time for you guys to hop on the, the train, it's already going to be well left the station. It's going to be well gone. Paul is just anti-Starkville and me, and that's why he just knows Will <laughs> Levis has to be his savior. I'm looking yep. at you, and I can read you, Paul. That's why I <laughs> own you in trivia and everything I do. I know, I know your strategies inside and out. No, if Levis is a first round pick, it's gonna be from one of those teams like the Texans or the Jets that just like cannot I'm do not a saying, quarterback. I'm, look, I'm not I'm not saying he's a first round pick. I'm just saying what I'm not saying that's not what I'm dude. saying. I'm he saying he's that, that dude. Uh, I'm saying he's that dude. He he what will, does that he dude will, mean? That that dude means that he will do more with Kentucky against Georgia than Will Rogers and Mississippi State and the the crapshoot oh, offense that they do. Oh, that's Rogers what I'm saying. Is better than Will Levis. Will Rogers is the second best quarterback in the league. What? Paul, you're taking what? You want to look at the numbers? Numbers, num if if Will if Will Levis was on Mike Leach's team, you don't think he's on Mike Leach's team because he can't throw. That's my point. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> you're not Will Levis is that guy. Oh Ben, you're right. Guy. Paul's got trash takes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, hey, I'm man, gonna we come keep back fun. on throughout the season. We keep wow. Yeah. Hey, hey, Lowe's right. Just remember Paul said this at the end of the season. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, Lowe. Exactly Let me right. Find Kentucky's national title odds with that guy at quarterback. Oh, it's the same as Mississippi State. That's so funny. <laughs> no. I, should, I like motels more than Will. Uh, I guess I guess so. All right, here's <laughs> teams that have uh odds of plus ten thousand to win the national championship. Uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Nebraska, mm. NC State, Iowa, Arkansas, UCLA, Tennessee, Pitt. Look, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that they're going to win the national title. What I'm saying is they're going to be not a saying tougher... anything. <laughs> no, what I'm saying you is contradict be... yourself. Your very next sentence, Paul. No, no, you no. Should, you what shouldn't I'm... talk at this point. No, what I'm saying is Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats will put up a bigger fight against Georgia than Mitch right. than Mississippi State right. will. All right, so here's my thing about this. Are, are you basing this off a of point spread? Because here's the difference for me. When I have seen Kentucky compete well with Georgia over the last couple of seasons, and by that I mean you get to halftime and it's not a blowout. Sure. At no point have I felt like, oh, Georgia's in danger of losing this game. That's not the case with that Mississippi State game a couple of years ago in Sanford Stadium. Sure. There was a time in that it gets like early fourth quarter, you're like, huh, if, if this could go – a little sideways here. I've never felt that with Kentucky. Not, well, not you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it this year, I think, <laughs> because of that guy. <laughs> because of that guy. Because he's that guy. He's that guy. Uh, so I'm Jeff Hightoff asks, "Is Arch that guy?" No, Paul doesn't want him. He's <laughs> <laughs> worried he might run off Vandegrift. He ain't it, Paul. He ain't it. He's worried he's going to run off Andergriff, but this is a Beck show. I am so confused. <laughs> Team Beck, baby. Team Carson Beck. Beck is that guy. Team Beck, he's that guy. We're that guy. He's that guy. Uh, let me run down these uh, national title odds for what the screen holds. Alabama is the favorite at plus 200. Georgia plus 340 is the <laughs> number two on this list. Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M. Uh, I, I kind of think that's where – the legitimate contender stop. Although 
I guess in some crazy world, Miami has a decent team, an easy conference, and a good quarterback. So, like, I don't know. I don't think if they got to the playoff, they can beat any of the good teams. But y'all tell me if any of these teams you think are in actual contention to win games in the college football playoff. USC, Oklahoma, Michigan, Utah, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, LSU, Oregon, Florida, Penn you're going, State. This is you're going way too fast. If we're, if we're doing exactly because it's like none of the teams belong there. But I'll go slower. I'll reset. <laughs> USC, no. Oklahoma, no. Michigan, no. 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 Utah, oh, maybe. Maybe. I Utah. like. I like the Utes. I like the Utes. They might get there. No, this is they might get there. We're talking about winning. I think I'm talking about winning a getting to the national championship. I'm saying winning no. a game in the playoff to get to the national championship. To, to no. get no. to the Utah national gets there, they don't. They lose. To get to the playoff, yes. To yes. win a game, no. Notre no. Dame, right? No. Wisconsin, no. no. LSU, no. 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 Oregon, no. No. Florida? No. No. I know Florida. Penn State? Nope. No. Miami? No. No. I, you could probably stop on Actually, I like their quarterback. Right, right. So, like, the, the other ones that are Texas, Ole Miss. Yeah, no. Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Baylor. People the, need that, to stop with this Texas that, crap. People that's the ones stop. before you get to plus 10,000. So that, and I don't think Clemson's in super contention either. So that means going into the season, the teams that we think have a chance to win a college football playoff game are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M. I don't think Texas a and I wouldn't even put an M in that category. So then we're down to three. Yeah, it's there's three. I think there's, <laughs> significant, there's a significant drop-off after Ohio State. Like, significant. I, can someone I, I, explain the Texas stuff to me? Why are in these preseason polls are they top well, ten when they Quinn didn't Ewers? make a bowl game in the Big Twelve? Lost Kansas. Look, look Quinn Ewers, oh, Bajon, how are they B. John Robinson? Top 10? How are they going to have the, the number Stark one? I mean, people, people love it. people. They saw what Sark did at Alabama and think that he can replicate it. I mean, and he's got a really good running back. He's got two really good wide receivers. He's got a quarterback transfer in. I mean, yeah. but it's it's hype. It's all hype. He has a That's terrible culture. He didn't make a bowl game in the Big Twelve and lost to a walk-on fullback against Kansas, who got you, a really cool me deal this out is of that. Be the number yeah. one offense and a championship-caliber team. I do not want to hear it on this Texas argument. I mean, I like it though because in one of my parlays for conference champions, I got good odds on Baylor, and I think you know, is, it, is anyone else in the Big Twelve? I think they got a shot to to do it because Aranda's I think. The, good I think legitimately i think besides the three teams i think the only other team that all of us kind of could agree on is utah coming from the pac-12 uh but again to win a game and get to the national championship the pac 12s also i think just do to like finally have a conference right. and get to the playoff i mean but right. they're they're in that situation where i kind of like when notre dame gets there i mean it's just like do they have a shot to actually win a playoff game no i think the point. there's three teams there's three teams right now that are head and shoulders above everybody else. And we all agree on that. So my main point is, as you see all the changes coming to college football, that's part of the reason why. Because in a sport that lacks parity to that extent, that on June 12th, you can say three teams are in legitimate contention, you're going to see people, not only with money and what to be made there by playing more games, uh, you're going to see people, how do we find ways to get more people involved in this? Yeah, Because there's it's- more money to be made when more people are involved. 
it's it's yeah. very it just it's crazy though. I, it used to not be this way. It, you know, you used to have it go into a season and you could make a case for ten to twelve teams. And I mean, ever since Alabama got it got it rolling, and then Clemson came on board, but it's just like it is crazy how it shrunk to where every year going in, you're just like, well, you have th- three to five teams every year. It's yep. just it's it's wild how the, the the landscape has changed for you know. Whereas where most sports parity has become greater, it, it has not in college football. Low, uh, Elo, Joe says he's a Utah fan in week one because, uh, you know, Florida. Oh, that's going to be a that's going to be also, rough. Wait, for I actually the, have a quick thing. Like, any of you actually believe USC will win a championship under Lincoln Riley? We haven't seen what he's. No, I don't think he can. Are you saying a national championship or are you saying conference? Yes. I think I think he could. Uh, Pac-12 There's is potential. Pretty easy. Yeah. There's potential. He doesn't have the linemen on either side of the ball, is my thing. Especially in the West Coast, yeah. the linemen are not on the West Coast. I'll have to, re- yeah. but I think he's he's a good recruiter. I think he'll be yeah. able to recruit national. USC will sell. It'll sell yeah. these recruits, and yeah. he'll be able to to point at all the guys he's coached that are in the NFL. Yeah. And oh, do, do you want to come block for this quarterback that's going to be in the Heisman race? Because I get most of my quarterbacks in the Heisman race. USC is not a. a they're they, they're not a solely local. Well, historically they're not. I mean, but they've they obviously they haven't been what they once were. But um, you know, he's banking on turning around again. It's it's such an uphill climb though to, for for all these other programs that haven't been there. I mean, it's we're talking like like we've said. There's three teams. It's, it's well, great. We've gone over time, so that means next yeah. time that Paul says to come on and produce for you guys. Uh, I can bring on my why college football needs promotion and relegation argument because uh, that one's always sitting in the hopper. I like it. Yeah. Hey, I, I told Dane this was going to be a 30-minute show. We ended up going an hour 10. But, it, you know, we had some really good talks. Ben talked crazy for a while. Um, and you Oh, know, you talk crazier with your Levis stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you're you, still we're the gonna... same delusional clown, which you bring the ratings. <laughs> or the <laughs> Look, I'm telling you right now, you guys are going to look back on this and be like, "Damn, Paul, you were right with the Levis thing." We need to save well, this footage. Right? right for yeah. all you Paul, said, Paul, one quick that question, guy, and I don't final. know what that means. Paul, on your notepad before the season, all those bold predictions I had. Oh yeah, yeah. I got them all right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, you got. Uh, yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah. thank you very much. That's all. I that was more recruiting, though. It wasn't that. But guys, uh, before we leave, I'll let Dane do the official sign off. First off, I want to say thank you to Dane for. Uh, hosting this for me since I'm at the beach and uh, thanks to Ben and Jason for jumping on with us as well. As always guys hit the uh, like button on this video uh, so we can beat rumors versus facts tomorrow. We always like beating those guys, but they're a tough, they're a tough matchup guys. So we need you guys to hit the like button for us. And then as always, Dane coach and Roddy are, are our toughest matchup. So we really need you to hit the like button on this video. Let the algorithm take this thing off and, uh, see what we can do. I mean, we're, we're trying to, we're trying, we're, we're doing good in the podcast downloads against those guys. It's just the views we're, we're struggling, you know? So, you know, if you can hit that like button, share it with a friend, maybe we can overtake Dane this week on the coaches show and, you know, take off, but no, in all seriousness, I appreciate you, Dane. And uh, I think I'm going to go walk on the beach. They're having a wedding out here for like two hours. So crash I might go crash it. Wait, yeah. are you going to take their food, or are you going to like take one of your frozen pizzas out there? Probably do a little, probably do a little FP, a little FP in the oven, get it out there. You might text Will sure. Levis to see if he's around. Maybe y'all can do a dance together at the wedding. Hey, he's that guy. He's that guy, pal. He's that guy. And with that, have a good night, everybody. <laughs>